again. Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolMotorTalk.com. Allie, good to be with you again, sir. Yes, yes. Happy Monday to you as well. And to happy everyone Monday. else out there, if you're listening on a Monday, if not, whenever you're listening, happy whatever day. <laughs> so, yeah, no, had a great weekend and I'm um, ready to hit the boards, you know. I know it, uh, some some uh, schools, you know, have started already. Some don't start until after Labor Day and but this is the summer. This is the end of the summer for everybody. And, uh, uh, painful. Uh, it's so yeah. painful for me because I love summer, man, and I love my pool and my yard. And uh, I'm just getting. I'm thinking about closing in end of September the pool and and going like not only is it going to cost me money, but and then I got it. You know, I'm not going to enjoy it. So it's frustrating at how quick. Uh, I, I envy those people that have nice weather year round. It's a pretty awesome thing. Well, you know, it's America. You could move. Um, <laughs> and maybe that's an option after your daughter grows up and moves away, right? Uh, right, exactly. Well, I do have a house in Florida that I could go to at any time. I just never ever make the, as much time as I should to get down there and visit my mom. And I'm going to plan on doing that a little bit more this year, maybe twice throughout the winter and enjoy time with her and spend time down there. So, uh, yeah, it's good to have that opportunity, you know. Well, I'll tell you what, I plan on uh, – because my, my son starts Wednesday, and so I – I plan on uh, – uh, because my wife's already back to – she works at a school too, so she's back to school already working, and, and my son actually starts on Wednesday. And I, I, it's still summertime. It's still going to be nice. And so I plan on working outside and not – because usually I'm in my office, and so there's less distractions. But, uh, you know, now I'll be – I'm going to probably go out in my backyard and enjoy it a little bit more while nobody's around and get some work done. Yeah, so exactly. I, I've got a little bit – yeah, <laughs> I'm going to take advantage of it. Yeah, it's peace and tranquility, right? Exactly. Exactly. So we were going to talk about a few things, you know, about, you know, uh, well, let me let you kind of like, you know, frame what our conversation is going to be about. Yeah, I think this will be interesting for school owners because a lot of us, we will at one point or another, we will train ourselves in one area, which is great because uh, truth be told, nobody really multitasks well anyhow. I mean, that, that's just a, a fallacy. It, you, it, you, you're going to gain much more in life if you stay totally focused on one thing and get it all the way down and move to the next thing. Um, but there are obviously some things in our life and in our businesses that we do have to juggle. That being said, there are times in our businesses that when we are doing really, really well in one area of the business and because it is doing very well, it's keeping us afloat or actually making us very successful in some aspects. And then, therefore, we take the, our eye off of other aspects of the business thinking that, you know, it's just always going to be that good. And um, and it's great to ride the wave when the wave is there. You know, uh, last, uh, last, what was it, Karate for Christmas we talked about before in these calls and I had – I don't know, I forget now, 60, 60 some odd people will do it or 70 people do it or whatever it was. And we, I know we signed up 47 of those people. Um, and maybe it was 70 something. But anyhow, um, you know, I, and we talked about on the call, I, I, this is what I did, this is how I did it. But it wasn't anything different than I've done in my marketing campaigns before. So I'm going to ride the wave. I mean, I'm going to take it, of course. Um, I'll analyze it and see if there's anything else that I did differently, but I'm not just going to focus in on uh, one aspect of the business and expect that to, you know, continue to do that because I will tell you right now we're going to close this summer not as good as I hoped to close the summer with the trial members that I have, um, not even nearly the percentage of 
people that, you know, signed up for the Karate for Christmas are doing it this summer. And I can't figure it out. Uh, I'm going back and uh, actually uh, going and, and talking to each person that said no because I want to uh, physically, verbally, face-to-face find out why they didn't. I'm sure they told my program director something, um, and we do have that written down, and I have that. But what I want to do is see if I personally can dig a little bit deeper. And so that being said, on this call, what we want to do is kind of talk about the foundation of your, your business and then give you some pillars that you need to make sure that you're focusing in on and you revisit those pillars. And hopefully by the end of this call, and I, I, it's going to be a two-part call, but by the end of this, the, this whole two-part call, you will have um, the foundation, you will have the pillars, and then um, an action plan to be able to, you know, obviously keep these, these things in your business running and running effectively. So uh, with the foundation, if you, if you think of a, um, you know, something being built, you need the foundation to be there. Obviously, the idea of your business, and we've talked about this before, it has to be there, meaning what is it that you want out of your business and who are you and your brand and all those things. And you really do need to decide that now. Even if you have a business that's been going for 10 years or 20 years, uh, it would be good for you to go through that exercise. Now, the foundation to that that you're going to lay on top of who you are, what you stand for, your unique uh, strategic purpose, all those things, um, is three parts of your business. And the three parts of let's say, the, uh, the concrete that's laid for your house or your business. The three parts are the instructional part, the clerical part, meaning, you know, like what your program director does and those type of things, and then the marketing. Those are basically the – you could boil your business – if you had to boil your business down to three parts, those would be the three parts that your business lays on. And um, maybe we could kind of a little, little bit talk back and forth about those three parts, and then I want to go into the actual pillars uh, or, you know, that, that stand on top of those. So, um, Allie, anything that you want to throw in with regards to um, the instructional piece, the marketing piece, or even like the program director clerical piece that sometimes, you know, we may, as school learners, we may be strong in one and, and then we don't focus on the other, any pitfalls you've seen in the years that you've been coaching? Allie, did I lose you? Well, I might have lost Allie. So, no, no, I'm <laughs> um, here. I guess. Uh, oh, okay. I, I'm back. I must have hit the mute button by mistake on my phone. Um, I was saying that um, to me, I think those are the three chapter headings of uh, of uh, a book, and then within the chapters, there are many pages that go into multiple different areas. So you've covered it all. That's pretty much the wide brushstroke of everything. Um, that needs to be done within those three chapters, those three headings that it pretty much lays every one of the systems to run a successful school. And that's why you and I, we talked about, and we haven't mentioned this in quite some time, so I'm glad you brought it up, is, you know, your USP, your unique selling proposition, um, you know, or your unique selling purpose, right? People call it the USP proposition, but we want to know first, we can't have a proposition until we have a purpose, right? So quite often schools are running around, um, you know, they're in action, not knowing what the outcome should be or what the outcome will be. Here's the thing. Um, it's like fighting in a way. School owners run their businesses like if they were in the ring. Um, the bell rings, ding, 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 two fighters touch gloves, and boom, the game is on. It's about 
reacting to the action. That's how they run their businesses. You know, um, an employee joins, they, they, they steal your clients, and then you go, oh, crap, I shouldn't have done that. I should have had a non-compete in place. You know, or, you know, okay, I throw an ad out there, it doesn't work. Okay, let me throw another out there, ad out there. Like, it's like shooting a jab and hoping that it hits. Then I'll just shoot another jab and hoping that it hits. At some point, it's got to be like Rocky when, when Rocky's trainer Mick was in the corner going, now you got to switch to your southpaw, you know, that kind of thing. Um, go back to the original, and, and you got to have some plans and action and fallbacks, or else you're just nothing but like a boat in the middle of the ocean without any oars or a sail or an engine just being tossed around with the tides. Well, and that's why we call it, uh, you and I call it a unique strategic purpose. Because it's, number one, in order to separate yourself from everybody else in your area, in your town, uh, you do need to be unique. You need to find out what your unique, um, you know, your, your unique, what's, what's unique about your school. And then the next thing is you need to create a strategy uh, on how you're going to purposely get that out to the community. So that's when we talk about a unique strategic purpose, uh, that's why we decided to call it that, because that's exactly what it is. And hopefully, it, you know, it, it, as school owners, you, you look at that. We look at that as a, you know, uh, not, just, not just throwing a jab and hoping that it hits. Uh, we know that when we throw that jab that, you know, 80% of the time it's going to hit or 85% of the time it's going to hit because we're strategic about it. So, right. Um, and there are, I mean, I know you've probably coached schools that are heavy on the instructional, meaning that they're, the way that they do the floor is phenomenal. Um, but, you know, their marketing is horrible. And thank God that, they're, <laughs> that the way they perform on the floor is, is so phenomenal because if it wasn't for word of mouth, uh, they, they probably wouldn't have any students. And then, uh, you know, the, the relationship building that happens not just only on the floor, but, you know, primarily in the beginning with, with a program director. Um, you know, maybe that's great, but the instructional part isn't so hot. And so you're able to get them in and signed up and excited uh, but, you know, keeping them, retain, you know, retaining them, which we're going to talk about a little bit, uh, is, is tough because the instructional part just isn't there. And so that's where, you know, it's good to understand um, as school owners that there's, you know, the three chapter headings is, is what Allie is referring them to. And then when we get into the pillars that we're going to speak about in a little bit, you know, those pillars actually will cross into each chapter differently um, and purposefully. That's why, you know, like I say that it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a foundation, it's a cement foundation that these pillars lay on because at one time or another, you know, this, this one pillar will rely on the marketing. And then at the same time, at some point, that same pillar will rely on, uh, you know, the instructional part. And at another point, it will rely on your clerical, clerical or program director part. But I just, it's, I just, you know, see school sometimes ride the wave and think that that's it, that, you know, that that's, they've, they've found it um, and they rely on that. And then when it's gone, like back in what, 2007, 2008, when the uh, people weren't coming in maybe as, as uh, much as they were before and everybody started pulling their marketing dollars back because times were tough when in fact you could actually be seen more during that time when, when you continue to do your marketing because other people were pulling their, their, their ads from different spaces and stuff. And that actually gave you a better opportunity. And sometimes with some newspapers or uh, different places, you actually could get it cheaper because they, they weren't getting the advertisement that they were getting before. 
Um, and even like I've, I've spoke on different calls as I went to my landlord and I said, Hey, uh, I need a help. I need some help. And he gave, you know, he helped me and he helped me for many years, uh, with that. You know, he gave me a reduction in my, um, rent and he, it, there was no back pay. It was just, this is okay. This is what you're going to pay from right now until this time. And then we'll reevaluate it. And so, um, I, I say that because I want school owners to know. You, I mean, we already know that there's multiple facets inside of our business, but it's it's good to focus in on one and, and get really good at it, and then we need to move to the next one and get good at the next one or hire somebody that's going to be good in that area um, and then manage that, uh, which, you know, that's what you need to do, really, because you can't do yeah. it all. And you know what's interesting? Uh, um, it, it, so many things keep triggering in my head when you're talking because a lot of what we talk about is is what we're saying right now have been broken down over multiple calls. Um, and, and this is the reason I got myself in trouble, um, it, you know, with a lot of the industry leaders where they wanted me to speak at their conventions and talk about things that were, you know, the next bright, shiny object that we talk about in one of our really cool reports that are coming out. Um, and, uh, you know, I always would say, hey, how about we just get back to business? So here's the thing. I know a lot of these coaches that are in the market, you know, at, that are out there now were guys that were, and I don't want to use the word fly-by-nighters because they're not, they're, they're legitimate people, but they had luck, extreme luck, and, and, and rose to some great success um, quickly uh, because of the wave that they were riding, like you and I just spoke about earlier. Um, but then when the going got tough, a lot of these schools just quickly as they opened and raised to success, they've crashed and burned because knowing the industry, it's not just about, you know, uh, you know, one thing. It has to be about everything. And that's how I, when I coach people, I'll take a school with 120 students and turn them into a $20,000 a month school without, without one bit of additional students adding on. It's about knowing your market. And we'll talk about those different pillars. Um, but, uh, being able to run a business is, you know, you know, you open up a brand new restaurant, of course, it's brand new and it's hopping and popping, and you probably see this often, um, and uh, everyone flocks to it and the food is great, and um, then they don't have the systems in place to serve the mass amount of people that are coming, um, they get lazy, they don't clean the bathrooms, they don't, they don't upkeep, they don't, you know, the paint on the wall starts getting shoddy because of the mass amount of people going through, and all of a sudden they lose their market share. They, they take their eye off the ball and they get lazy, basically. That's why every year, every few years, I'm repainting. I'm, I just put in, over the last three years, like twenty-five grand into redoing the lobbies of my both schools. Um, might be kind of excessive for some people, but the lobbies are gorgeous. And you've been there. You've seen them. And uh, it's just something that is important to have the school represented with the brand that I kind of believe in. Well, and, and let's uh, let's kind of go into the the different pillars um, that that you know basically sit on top of this foundation that is laid. Um, and you know, this is obviously a, a you know what I call a twenty five thousand foot view. Um, it would take a long time to go through each and every uh, pillar, how it intersects into uh, the marketing, how it intersects into the instructional, how it intersects into the clerical or program director. Uh, piece and so, uh, but I think that even as we give the 25,000 25, foot view, I think that school owners will hopefully uh, have some uh, motivation, some aha moments for themselves, and and you know at the very least, you know be able to look back and go, okay, maybe I should check into this and see if uh, 
you know, if I'm doing X, Y, or Z as well. So, uh, Allie, why don't we uh, list all the pillars and then we can kind of go back and, uh, you know, talk about them individually. Okay, and I also wanted to add, if you want to look at this analogy a little bit more too, like a spider web, um, and uh, a spider web, you know, has so many different uh, strands that intersect, but they all, and, and here's, this is a perfect analogy actually, um, and, and uh, I've talked about this on a few other seminars, and uh, the whole entire spider web all boils down to the center of the web. If you've ever watched, and I had one time I had a massive spider, every night he'd build a web outside my sliding glass door, um, and I would watch him build it, and then after it was all done, it was quite interesting, because I don't know if you know this, but the spider with all its legs grabs the web, and, and it's, its legs manipulate the web all in a full circle around it. So a, a fly hits the web, and, uh, and the spider will shake its legs and twist and turn where it actually will snap and weave that portion, that string, like a quartet, like a conductor of, a, of an orchestra to get that portion, that string where that fly hit wrapped up in the web so that he doesn't really have to move. And then if he decides to, or she, the spider, whatever, <laughs> I'm going to be politically correct, runs and then finishes the bug off, either eats it or captures it in the web. So the spider web is the same way with our school, where the nucleus is our school, and all the strands that make this huge net or web around us, they all have to connect at some point. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, so sometimes people don't realize that. We have a system over here, we have a system over there, we have a system here, and none of them connect together, and they don't cross over, they don't work well together. We're not thinking about us connecting them, and this is important. So here, here are my my seven steps, which I call seven pillars or seven steps to income um, that, that we, well, ours, I should say, is number one is always going to be new students. If we drop the ball at any point and give up and forget that we're always continuously marketing, our school will grow stale and then we'll backpedal. We'll lose students because no matter how good you are, no matter how great in all the aspects of business you are, there's going to be natural attrition, loss of students that you have no control over. Someone gets divorced, someone loses their job, someone moves out of town, a student grows up and they go away to college. There's going to be an attrition rate that happens no matter if you are the, you know, the best instructor in the universe. Um, number two is, is existing students. And upgrades, we call that too. So we have to focus on renewing new students and keeping them in our program, keeping those students happy and motivated. And two, using that funnel, the happy student funnel, to get them into an upgraded program that is more interesting. Not necessarily always making more money, but a program that's going to take their training to the next level. Because if we stayed in first grade our entire lives, we would be bored. So that we have to move up and have more capability and have more opportunity and more change. And then we go away to college and we go to a different town and blah, 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 right? So that's number two is existing students and renewals. Number three is uh, what we call in our program was, you know, uh, parent night outs or, you know, special events. And it could be for adults, seminars, could be kids. Um, it doesn't really matter what you call it, but that's a very important aspect. And not only, again, to make money, but to keep people engaged, to keep them interested in being a part of it. Do you agree so far? Certainly. And, you know, with, with the events, uh, you're right. It's not always about making money. Sometimes it's about building relationships. And, and both, uh, both of them uh, are important, um, you know, from both standpoints, uh, you know, meaning that it's important to build that relationship 
with the student and the parents or, or whatever. And the, but it's also important for them to have that opportunity to build a relationship with us because they only get so much of us inside, inside of a classroom, whereas usually as an, at an event, they get more uh, of us. And it may not even necessarily be one-on-one -on -one, uh, more of us, but they generally in, a, in, a, in an event, you, you even collectively might get more of you. Um, so, I, yeah, I totally agree. And we just did an event where we went to a buddy school of mine. It was a fundraiser for him. He had gotten some injuries, and, um, and, and he didn't have medical insurance, or it didn't cover all of it, and he needed some help. So a bunch of us got together. We did some really cool seminars. I brought 30-plus students to this seminar, and we haven't done that in years. I think I spoke about it the other, uh, one of our other calls, and, um, and it was just awesome. It was just a... A, a great camaraderie. It was really, I was really proud to see my all, my students hanging out together, having fun together, switching partners and training with each other. My daughter came. It was just cool. So anyway, so uh, let me break it down again. So number one, new students. Number two is existing students. If we want to call it number three, it would be up upgrades and specialty programs, team leadership, character development, black belt club, master's program, SWAT team, whatever you have. Number four was the special events. Special events are everything we had talked about from a seminar to a parent class to a, a parent's night out, et cetera, et cetera. The next one, which is like the most, and to me it's shocking, it's shocking that it is the most underestimated, underutilized, and, and shunned push to the side program within our school, which is retail. Um, I have I have a whole entire we we have a whole entire product on it that people could purchase called the Retail Wonderland. Anyway, um, retail is a big aspect, and then again, it's not just about making money. And I, I'm saying this now because people have to understand it's not about the money making machine. But you want people out there wearing shirts with your logo on it, wearing your product, wearing your hats. I mean, at one point there wasn't a thing down to other than underwear that I and, and I actually did underwear slightly because it was under. Under Armour shorts that people would wear under their gi. So I did, you know, t-shirts, sports bras, hats, backpacks, you know, kids' backpacks, adult bags that they could carry their equipment, you know, shirts, cut-off shirts, tank top shirts, hoodies, mock turtlenecks, the jackets, the list goes on and on. It's probably like 100 items that we had with our name branded on it. So anyway, retail, number five. Number six is something that I'm a little iffy about talking about because it's very important that you do this with a system, but it's pay-in-fulls and compression payments. Um, a pay-in-full is when someone pays for the year in full. A compression payment is where they're paying by the month, and they get to like month six, and if you want to drum up some cash to pay a bill or to uh, you know do something that is smart business-wise with the money, you could ask that person cashing out their last six months or their last four months, give them a little bit of a discount, but get a chunk of money. We used to do this when we used to play the game of hitting certain financial numbers. We wanted to be at the 50000 a month. We're at 48 So we'd call up 20 of our customers, and we'd have them compression payment out for the next three months. And we'd just gather cash, and we'd hit our goal. And we'd do that every single month. Um, but there is a systems to it, so it's important to know that. And then the last one is outside programs. We tend to do all these outside programs and ignore the, the money aspect, um, but it is a promotionary aspect. But, you know, we'll go out and we'll teach for the local school. We'll do gym classes. We'll go to the Girl Scout meeting. We'll go to the local blah, blah, blah. Um, most of the time they, they ask us and we go, oh, sure, we'll do it. We don't even know that they're, they're willing to pay. So when people ask me, would you come and teach gym class, I just simply say, what's in the budget for that? What's the budget for it? And they go, oh, and they tell you. 
You'd be shocked at price sometimes. Oh, $1,500 we have for the week if you want to come. Oh, okay, great. I was going to do it for free. Of course, I don't tell them that. But now I'm making $1,500 to teach gym classes, and I still get to promote my school. Right? So yeah. those are the seven, seven pillars that I have within, you know, again, I keep saying I. I apologize. We have. And then, uh, you know, we have others, too, that are interwoven in the spider web with those. Yeah, because, I mean, within each of these pillars, uh, there's different legs that hold up each of these pillars. And so uh, let's go back, though, to the very first pillar, and let's briefly talk about, because I know uh, we've got a little bit of time left on this call, and then, you know, we can finish everything off on the second call. Uh, this call obviously kind of laid the groundwork for talking more specifically about these pillars, but maybe we can get into, um, you know, one or two of these pillars and then the other the other. Uh, five on the next call. So let's let's go with the uh, the first pillar with regards to new students and you know how does that pillar uh, relate to and sit on top of uh, you know the instructional piece, the marketing piece and even the program director piece. So what I guess what I'm saying is you know how do that how does the uh, the foundation that we laid with regards to having uh, or that we should have the correct instructors, the correct marketing and you know the correct program director or desk people that are going to be up there because that's that's one of the things that I, I find even working with school owners is they will be teaching all the classes and have a you know a, a, an eight dollar seven dollar nine dollar an hour even maybe a ten dollar an hour person um, which you know I'm not opposed to but untrained person being a program director uh, you know, working with these new students or answering the phones. And so let's kind of go into that. I mean, with regards to a new student, how, what are some of the things that intertwine? I, I just said the, the phone call, obviously, and you, your program director has to be able to know how to answer the phone and, and work the script on the phone to get them in to be able to do the trial. And, and in fact, you know, let's go a little bit deeper with that. Your program director needs to know what advertising that you're doing. So when they call, they can speak to them uh, correctly with regards to because you might have you might have two or three different things going on you might have a standard offer that's happening right now you know your website always offers let's say two weeks free in it for uniform but you've got this special going on for back to school or or the the, the summer or the whatever I mean that person has to know everything that's happening in the marketing so that they can answer the phone correctly even just to follow the script correctly uh, you got anything to add to that well, no, I mean, you know, that that would be what we would consider our, our DNA, right? The DNA is yeah. daily necessary activities. And, um, you, you know, the DNA uh, is basically, you know, comes from the body, what makes up our cells, and from our cells, it, you know, fuels our, our body. So, I mean, I, I have, all, like, everything that I have, I have in a visual process so my students can see it, my, my, my employees or uh, staff, um, you know, and, and it, it simply goes from, you know, uh, the, you know, however our touch points are. Let's say they search us on the web, they found our website, then from the website they clicked a button and they filled out a form or they called us or emailed us and then or signed up online for a 1999 special. Um, you know, it goes from the first meeting to number two, developing rapport. Um, you know, this is the first step to closing your sale. There's only one time to make a first impression and you develop the feeling that the client and uh, has of what you want for your business and you build momentum towards the sale. You know, putting putting them in what we call the sales funnel, this is the most important thing 
that you know we need to do. Um, the next step, obviously, is uh, some form of closing, whether it be closing for a free trial or for a trial class or for a, a short-term membership or a long-term membership. Your your next step is the close. This is where it's the courtship process, where um, we we you know we have to establish ourselves as the professional, overcome the objections, working on the sale with the client. Um, we need to first overcome their objections and find out what the client really wants, needs, and expects. You know, getting yeses, four yeses, five yeses, and so on. Then, of course, uh, the next step is the final close. Once we've spoken about our concerns, goals, objections, and needs, you know, we need to then place that person in our program or give them our product. So those are what I consider the, the, the four steps, you know, first meeting, developing rapport, the next step to the close, which is the courtship process, process and then the close itself. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it, it certainly does. And one step maybe prior to that, and I know you agree with this, um, and, and, and I guess here's the deal is sometimes we, uh, when we do things, we take for granted that we, and we all do this as instructors, but we take for granted that we already know it, and so then therefore we don't say it. And, I, and we, uh, what I mean by that is I remember my jiu-jitsu instructor, um, you know, he was showing just this basic move on how to shrimp. And I kept seeing him because he was talking about bring your heel to your butt, bring your heel to your butt. And I was seeing him bring his uh, heel to his butt, but he, he was on the ball of his foot before he would actually, you know, push away. Which, And I said, you know, sir, uh, I, I see that you're saying bring your heel to your butt, but you, you, you have your ball of your foot. Right. And, you're, um, and, and, and he goes, well, yeah, because then now actually it, it's able, it's able to, I'm able to get my heel closer to my butt if I just go flat foot there's space in between. He says, now that gives me a better, gives me more room to push, gives me more power. I'm like, and see, he didn't say that. I had to visually see it. So uh, when I say this thing, it, I think you and I, we just sometimes, and we all do this, we just take it for granted that we're doing it. But um, what I was going to say is you have that four-step process, but prior to that, they have been educated in the marketing with some of those little yeses. Because if you do your marketing correct, you're going to um, you're going to get the people calling you that are are mostly or almost always, but mostly at least pre-qualified for your product, the way you run your school, because your brand and your ask because of the brand that you've created, the way that you're asking the questions in the marketing, the way that you're getting them to respond, saying yeah, yes, I want that, that's Johnny. I mean those type of things, and so when they come in then when they hit that four-step process, they've already been, you know, kind of worked a little bit with that excitement and that momentum. So uh, I just wanted to throw that in there because sometimes that's that's a given and it's just not said. No, no, and you know what? Everything you said, though, and, and I, I kind of like almost cringe um, at what you're saying because and, – and, and let me clarify that before you go, uh-oh, we're going off a totally different path here. But I almost cringe because a lot of the things you're talking about, the little things, are what people miss. And, you know, so everyone is on the surface. It's almost like, you know, throw that jab, tuck your chin, boom. It's easy. Shoot the jab out, bam. Okay, angle your elbow slightly. There's not a lot of fine detail in it. It's almost like going back to jujitsu. You mentioned that, where I was teaching wrist locks to my students. 
and I'll show the wrist lock, and no matter how much I explain it in detail, have them come around, literally they're standing a foot from me, show them the precise angle on how you're supposed to move to manipulate the wrist to create massive pain, um, and then I go hajime, which in Japanese means go and practice, you know, and then they go, and um, I have to walk around to all of them again as if they were not even right there in the room, one foot away from me, hearing me explain it 20 times. And then I show them again, and they still don't get it. Um, so it's all about the details and everything you said. And businesses don't want details. They want to just plug in the next bright, shiny object and hope that it works great and make them rich. If that were the case, everyone would be rich. Every school would have 300 students. Every business would be selling millions of dollars worth of product, right? Yep. So I know I'm getting Definitely. a little hyped. And I get passionate about this because it just infuriates me with everyone. It's really honestly, and I don't mean to insult anyone who's listening, it's about pure, and, and I'm risking here, it's about laziness at times. You know, they're not really looking to be an entrepreneur. They are, they're entrepreneurs. They want it, but they're not, and maybe they're not sure most of the time on how to get it, but when you explain it to them in step by step by step by step, Sometimes they're just like, nah, I'm not going to do that. doesn't make sense. I'm coaching someone right now that everything I tell them, is, they don't even bother. I don't know why they pay me. Yeah. They don't want to listen to me. They want to fight me. Everything is, yeah, but I do it this way. Who gives a crap? If you did it right, you wouldn't have 40 students or 80 students. You'd, you'd be coaching me. Right? right. Obviously, I have something to give to you. Why did you hire me? So then shut up and listen kind of thing. That makes, it makes sense. Well, and it, it reminds me of what Zig Ziglar used to say. He says, the message could travel, you know, light year, or uh, um, I forget the speed he said, but the, or the speed of light, the speed of light around the world, you know, but sometimes it just takes uh, years before it uh, actually penetrates that three-quarter of an inch, which is your brain, you know. So it takes, sometimes it takes years for it to sink in. Well, let me give you one other quick analogy, and I just think this is kind of a funny thing, but a sad thing. I used to be on the board for a, a very prominent breast cancer organization, and uh, that's because my wife at the time when I was married was pregnant with my daughter. She had breast cancer, and it's a whole other story, but I, w I was always constantly at these corporate meetings hearing them going, uh, everyone was throwing out fundraising ideas, and then they would say, okay, we're going to put the money to research to uh, you know, to find a cure for breast cancer. And I kept saying, okay, why don't we allocate a certain amount of money to find prevention? Like, let's find out the root cause. Is it diet? Is it health? Is it chemicals in our system via the natural environment? And I wanted to bring in, and I got a lot of doctors behind me and holistic people, guys like Dr. Gary Null, and, and even people from Stony Brook Hospital were like, yeah, that would be really cool. Let's, let's do some studies and look at the prevention of it. Uh, who, you know, if we could do that, then why do we even need a cure if we could find out what's causing it, right? So, um, but they were not interested. They, they would glance over and they were at the back end of it all the time. So I eventually resigned and walked away because I kind of saw it as, why let people get it? If we could find a reason not to get it and how what's causing it and remove that, then we don't have to have a cure. So they were backwards. They were on the solve it all problem rather than prevent it all. So that just figured yeah. to bring that. No, and I mean, that's us sometimes as school owners where we, we are always, you know, trying to react to things um, and fly by the seat of our pants as opposed to actually coming up with a strategy, seeing what the problem is. But, you know, if you can prevent it from ever happening, then you don't need a cure. And, in fact, that is a cure. Right. You know, exactly. and I don't. 
Yeah, and I don't know that you – know, I mean, I'm not going to get into the cancer debate, but I don't know that that, that that would be the cure. But if you can reduce the amount of people getting right. it, yeah. So um, right. and, I don't and know and if I look, we uh, – go ahead. I look at that in our business, right? Our business is, is reactionary because we as martial artists are reactionary. You know, what if a guy throws a punch? What if a guy grabs us? What if a guy tries to mug us? You know, I mean, the, a real honest-to-goodness – situation would be to be preemptive, right? That's how we are in the United States. We we try to think everything preemptively. Like, you know, if those terrorists are going to come to us, we're going to take it to them. We're going to put boots on the ground. We're going to go and blow up the terrorist headquarters where they're building bombs before they could bring the bombs to us, right? So, I mean, that's – and martial artists, we're, we're not we're, – we're, you know, reactionary rather than preemptive. If we were preemptive as martial artists, if we saw a guy with an attitude approaching us, we'd walk up and clock him and knock him out, right? And that would be – that would be assault, right? But at the same time, that's being preemptive. That's – so we need to be a little bit more preemptive in our business. We call it our strategic purpose, right? That's, you know, yeah. unique strategic purpose. we got to start thinking that way. Yeah, and I don't know if we have time to, you know, hit one more. So why don't we – we'll go ahead and close this call out, and then the next call we will um, – I promise, guys, we will finish the uh, the other six of the pillars. But hopefully in this, this call you got a good foundation of knowing that you have a basically a three-part business with regards to the instructional, the marketing, and then the clerical or the, the program director piece – and uh, how they, they, they do intersect, just like Ali had said, with regards to the fact that it's kind of like a spider web, that they all have, they all touch a little aspect of everything and why it's so important to, you know, not only know about these uh, foundations and these pillars, but then how they interact with one another in order to make your, your school uh, the best that it can be. And, and, and it allows you to build from the ground up so that you do have a solid business uh, that can withstand, and you know, later on you can uh, sell it if you'd like or give it away, or maybe you just keep it until you die. But uh, at least then it can do that for you. Um, and I just want to say, you know, you can always subscribe to iTunes and get this, uh, you know, sent directly to your uh, your iPhone or iPad or what have you. Um, also, if you have an Android device, you can go to schoolownertalk.com, and there is some information there that uh, allows you to be able to subscribe on an Android device, too, so you can get it sent to you as well. Any closing words uh, on this call before we uh, let everybody go? No, other, other the well, yes, the one closing word is, you know, really take it and listen to it because there's a lot, massive golden nuggets in this one. And honestly, we're going to continue with this because this could be a two, three, four, and five-part chapter, and maybe we will kind of keep it going more than just two calls because it's so powerful. So, Dwayne, I'm always honored and, and, you know, appreciative of your knowledge and being on the phone with you. I hope everyone who's listening is as well. And I, I, I believe you're also writing articles or you've written a few for um, Master Randy. Reads reads uh, magazine, I believe, the Internet magazine. Yeah, yeah, Randy had talked to me about uh, writing some articles, so, um, you know, yeah, that's that's fun. It's nice to be able to communicate our, you know, our uh, our style, if you will, to, to business to other people because, um, you know, I know the aha moments that I've had, and I just want to be able to share those with school owners so they don't have to go through the school of hard knocks. They can learn and stand on the shoulders of somebody else that's already learned it. So, um, but hey, guys, send this uh, call out to your other martial arts friends so that they can uh, build their business more successfully too because our goal is to help 
all martial arts schools, it doesn't matter the style or whatever, become a lot more successful. And success doesn't necessarily mean monetarily, although that is great too. But the more successful we all are in the industry, we're going to be looked at uh, a lot more prominently. And that's going to help everybody else in the end, not just our, uh, you know, ourselves and our pocketbook, but everybody else that we touch. So, um, all right, guys, get to it. And uh, we'll talk to you guys in the next call. Thanks again, Allie. Take care. Thanks, everybody.